guys, everybody. Welcome to Pro Hire Sustainable Fleet Podcast. I'm Michelle and I'm heading up the Pro Green team. And today we play you our latest episode and I am joined by Ash, who is the CEO for MENA. Um, thank you very much for joining us today, Ash. No worries. Thank you for brilliant yes so we're down here today well we're up here today at your Sheffield office and uh, ours is relatively new relationship that we've obviously uh, recently started talking about how your business models could help when it benefits some of our customers now there are going to be some people who out there who maybe just need a bit of an intro to you so I mean obviously intro to yourself and a little bit about the uh, the business yeah no thank you so I guess in summary, you know, what we do at Mina is we help businesses pay for their EV charging. Yeah, and so that's um, from a company car point of view and also from a company um, van point of view. So we've we've done some work together where you've supported one of our customers. So we've supplied them with their electric car, for example. We've fitted them with a home charger. Uh, you've then been able to come and support them when it comes to actually paying for the electric whereby the employee hasn't um, had to pay it out of their own pocket to claim it back so tell us a little bit more how that works from from the home charging specifically then yeah um, so when uh, a driver charges at home it's that the electricity that's going into that vehicle is I guess coming off their electricity bill yes so they're you know in a normal circumstance you plug in that vehicle your electricity bill would go up. Yeah. Um, you know, but unlike, well, ele- electricity bills aren't itemised. It doesn't say, ah, this is the cost of a new fridge, your microwave, mm-hmm. you know, your EV. Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to claim that back with any evidence. Yeah. Uh, so what a lot of fleets will do, a lot of operators will do, they'll go back to the pence per mile rate. And the government sets that currently at five pence a mile. Um, but it, it, it doesn't cover the cost of EV charging. No. Um, and in a lot of cases, not even close. No, no, I mean, I think, uh, well, not just I think, I mean, we did, we produced a report that covered the summer months, and bear in mind, energy's gone up 30% since then. The average cost of charging at home was nine pence a mile. So you're almost 50% out of pocket if, you, yeah. if you're taking the ARA. Um, so what, what we do is we, we, we take that apart, essentially. We, we have, um, software that connects to the vehicles, it connects to the charge points, and it connects to the the home energy supplier. So it doesn't matter which supplier you're with, whether you're with British Gas or Eon or EDF, um, we take data from the energy supplier, we take data from the charge points. So we know every single charge event, every single charge session, how much it's costing. Yep. Um, And we can report that back to the fleet. But not only that, we um, we pay those energy suppliers directly for the cost of that electricity. Okay. So the, the driver can plug in at home and they're never then having to pay for the electricity and claim it back. They're never having to um, receive some expenses and then set that money aside. Yeah. And I think that's one of, one of the biggest um, blockers or one of the biggest kind of points that people don't always understand is that the, the amount you pay your energy supply is generally a flat direct debit every month. Yeah. It's not always linked to the amount of energy that you've used in that particular month. Okay. So what we what we found, and this is this is real, this is a real problem, is that um, drivers will take an EV home, they'll plug it in, they'll get 
potentially the pence per mile uh, reimbursed through the payroll and that could be £200 one month and they might think oh great this is £200 extra in my pay packet of course yeah and then that gets spent and then three months later six months later or even a year later their energy bill lands and they're £1,000 in debt yeah um, and they've got to go find that money from somewhere um, so yeah so in essence you actually I suppose with company vehicles now and you know potential challenges is around well how is it going to how do we get the buy-in from the drivers wherever possible and this is a massive advantage whereby you're arranging that payment so I'm assuming they see on their energy bill that that amount of energy has been used but actually that kind of I suppose what sits at a zero because the cost of it's been paid for already Um, so straight away any obstacles that you might get from a, a paying for their electric from home for example you've actually eliminated that that obstacle so there is more chance of the drivers buying into that um and you're right you're absolutely right i mean i've been driving an electric vehicle now for for some time and i don't have anxiety around the range i'm thinking constantly about where am i going to charge that actually is going to be at a reasonable rate whether it be at home or at the office or out on the network so it isn't necessarily about how far i can get it's where am i going to charge um i mean i pulled up at a, a charge yes charger yesterday and pre-authorization payment of 40 pounds before i've even actually started charging anything but i needed to charge um but that just you know it's things like that the pre-authorization or net public network these are obstacles that potentially will cause fleet managers and fleet directors, transport guys, challenges in trying to convert their employees over to electric. But it sounds like you've got the solution to overcome some of those obstacles around that. Um, so I'd imagine, so, I mean, can you give us a bit of an example where we've had a, you've had a particular customer um, that had the battle and how that's kind of benefited them now on that side of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we tend to have customers come to us at two stages. Either they've had, they've got zero EVs in the fleet, but they've done a you know what I call I guess a desktop exercise to say, but this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And then you've got the ones that come to you and have actually yeah you know, they've done it. Right, they've done it, <laughs> and they realise the desktop exercise doesn't necessarily play out. Yeah. What they haven't necessarily factored in is driver behaviour. Yes, <laughs> massively. Um, so yeah, I think the, generally the best examples here are uh, are fleets where they've asked people to charge at home, they've been paying them through payroll, either a pence per mile or or they have tried to do it accurately. Um, but generally the biggest pushback you'll get is, well, I'm not charging at home because I've got, just, there's just no paper trail with those systems to mm-hmm. say that this is accurate. You know, yeah. Your charge point at home doesn't spit out a receipt. To be honest, your charge point in public doesn't spit out a receipt. No. And and we'll come on to it later, but we do solve the charging in public problem as well. Amazing. We have, um, a card that, that will allow you to charge at um, multiple different networks. Um, but, yeah, in terms of home, you know, essentially... Um, one particular customer um, that came to his very large fleet um, over a thousand vehicles um, all able to charge at home specifically picked what they call the low hanging fruit which are drivers that can charge at home yes um, and they were they were getting huge pushback um, because these drivers were saying well you know we we can't we, we just have no we don't believe that we're being paid enough yeah um, so when we put our system in you know every single charge session is tracked the driver gets um, 
access to a full timeline of every single charge session. The cost of that charge session is linked to the, their, their tariff. Yeah. So the tariff changes, we update automatically. If they switch supplier, we know they're switching. Um, so again, we can give them absolute reassurance that we know every single charge event and cost of every single charge event. And then because we pay their supplier directly, they're never out of pocket. Yeah. It just, you know, they don't have to, like I said before, they don't have to put money aside. They don't have to budget for anything. It's literally everything's done for them. Exactly. It's, it's like a fuel card at home and you don't even need to use a fuel card. It just, yeah. it just happens. And when, because I know that when we've had our initial meetings and I've, um, I've seen sort of like samples of dashboards and portals that you guys have got. So is that something, so if we've got a fleet manager and he's got his fleet of vans or his cars or, you know, his, even his trucks or, or whatever it might be that's out, um, do, do they have access to that information so they can see how much energy is being used and potentially how much that's costing so they can have access to that based on the vehicle registrations? So, can they visually see that on a daily basis then? Yes, yeah, exactly. So in the dashboard, you can see your entire fleet. You can jump into a specific driver or a specific vehicle. You can see every single charge event. You can summarize by dates. Um, but because we also do the on the road charging as well, it's very easy for them, fleet managers, to be able to see the total cost of charging a specific vehicle wherever it charged. Oh, okay. So not just at home, not but actually both when they're at home and they're out on the network. So it can actually break that down on per vehicle then. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I think data that, that we've then been able to provide fleet managers with, we hadn't particularly thought of initially. Things like, if you've got a home charger, what percentage of time are you spending charging at home versus on the road? Mm -hmm. Because every hour or minute charging on the road, especially for an operational fleet, it's not just more expensive charging public, it's just lost time. It's potentially what we would, I mean, in the, in the transport side of things, it's potentially for us, that's fleet downtime, where they've got to be pulled over, they've got to charge, but actually that's eaten into their working day. But then on the flip side, you know, we have some customers are looking at the, well, break, you know, trying to sort of like track their working day and actually include where they would be having a break, at which point to pull over and be able to take full advantage of that break time you know update checking emails or whatever but it's not always it's not as always as, as easy as that so you're absolutely right it's getting that understanding mm -hmm. so the portal does all of that then yeah absolutely and uh, you know and I think things some um, again we, we, we produced an insights report recently um, and we looked at things like the average amount of time people are actually spending on a public charger yeah and it's, it's quite low, like especially if people can charge at home. So, you know, fleets have this idea that, or a simple calculation that a lot of people do is, oh, how big's the battery? How long is it going to take to fill it? Mm -hmm. Well, nobody turns up a public charger with zero. Very few people leave with 100%. 100%. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's that working day, I know that when I, again, yesterday's a prime example, um, I just pulled into the services and then he fell over myself when I realised I was getting £40 authorisation. But I didn't I needed to charge. It wasn't critical. It was going to help me with my working day today, travelling obviously up to you guys in Sheffield. So it was, advan it was advant advantageous to be able to do that. But it is kind of, I was only there for half an hour just to do the top up that I needed while I kind of did other things. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's very rare that somebody would go want and need to go zero 
to 100%, which we wouldn't necessarily recommend on a 50 kilowatt charger anyway, you know, zero to 80%, doesn't necessarily happen a huge amount um, because people are learning to adapt and manage their debt. Yeah, yesterday I was thinking about where I was going today and the fact I was going to need to charge. So people are learning to adapt to that. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. They probably do less, less time on the public network. Also, because they're watching the big screen that's racking up the num- the digits as well of how much that's actually costing them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, it is, it is more expensive. And I think, you know, you talked about the pre-authorisation. Um, so if you use our card, there is no pre-authorisation cost. It is just tap and charge. Yeah. Um, you know, and we bring in, well, we have the largest rapid charging network available on a single card. So we've got the likes of Instavolt, Osprey, GeniePoint... Um, grid serve now so okay there's, there's pretty much nowhere that you could go in the country where our card wouldn't be accepted now okay so me have got the the home charging solution um, as far as trying to support support um, vehicle policy changes and how that would work um, making sure that you get the buy-in from the employee but then actually on the flip side out on the network you guys have a charge card where you've got there there's some really big names there so we know that very often if you pull up to a services very often it's going to be the grid serves of the world and, and people like that we know that instavolt is one of the top well certainly the top three charger um, charging businesses in the uk because they know that they are very reliable um, it's not very often that you come across one of them that's down um, their network support is very good so the businesses that you've got with mina are the big brand names so how does that work then from a charge card so for example i as a customer coming to you i've got a couple of hundred cars vans and then let's go trucks as well how would that work from a charge card point of view how do, how do we set that account up with you guys uh really simple uh, i mean you you can sign up and, and have a card delivered in you know as little as three to five days uh, through our website uh, you can just order a card it gets delivered um, big accounts you know come and speak to our, our fleet team you can talk about what you need you know you, because I think as well we have some fleets that actually they just want to start with on the road other fleets just want to start at home mm-hmm. others want to do both um, it, it's kind of it's very fleet specific and we can yeah. I can't particularly talk about specific customer names on this podcast, but we can talk to you about <laughs> how other big fleets have done this. Yeah. And and some of the mistakes they've made as well. You know, I, th- I think on the road charging, if you've got home charging, should be for top up an emergency. Yes. Um, you know, people say, oh, I'll get an EV when there's more range. Like, really, how often do you drive more than 300 miles in a day? And yeah. if you do, you're not going to be doing 600 miles in one consecutive run. Mm-hmm. Or if, if you are, then you're really- you, you need to think yeah, <laughs> half a percent of people that are doing that yeah. yeah and then those people are then home chargers they're pulling up in the evening they're not then using their vehicle until the following day in which at which point they've done the chunk of the charge well basically they'll have topped their car up to full um during that what would be their downtime off time and it's not eaten into their working day um it's not affected them taking their necessary breaks um and it's a solution but you're absolutely right from a, a network point of view if you have the ability to charge at home obviously that's that's your cheaper option isn't it mm-hmm. um and i think sometimes we speak to people say oh most of my drivers can't charge at home and i think actually you'd be surprised how many people can 
um, you know, we are working with some big fleets with lots of engineers and they've got some of these companies have got thousands and more than 50% of these drivers based on surveys they've done can charge at home mm-hmm. they might need to rejig it you know we always get the guys that say oh but I always put my van on last to block my car in and they might need a longer cable or you know the charger put in somewhere different but yeah. if it costs another £200 to get that longer cable that's cheaper than having them sat on a public network spending you know up to a pound a kilowatt now and you know, potentially two or three hours of downtime every you know, few days. So I suppose, in a certain, yeah, to a certain way, it's it's still kind of it's still that TCO model of that total cost of ownership of yes, and we do this when it comes to the, the vehicle fleets themselves. Is that total cost of ownership of it might cost you a little more to get that up, but in the long run, actually, it's still going to work out significantly cheaper, and you're going to have a much happier driver because they're not having to spend an hour out on the network that actually is the time that they need to be out doing their job. And that is, as a business, not where you want to be when you're thinking, because that is their down, that's vehicle downtime. Um, when it's not out doing its, um, its car horse, it's basically doing its job. Um, so okay, so we've 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 covered off the fact that we've got that home charging solution, so we can make sure that businesses are, I suppose, getting the the convenience of how that would work for the employer and the employee, and obviously, uh, I suppose, getting over those stumbling blocks of um, getting everybody a bit greener. From a network point of view, you have the solution where you can offer the charge card as well, which yeah. is a very seamless and pain-free process and again that's that's conversations that we have with our customers of you know them charge going out on the network charging exactly that challenge that you said there where you can't get receipts and then trying to claim back and the fact that across the grid there's no two charging companies that are charging the same everybody's different whether it be a pop point outside a little or a tesco's or a grid serve out on the m6 it, it is so vast but so there's an element there of potential cost saving with a charge card because you've got that transparency of where they go in as well yeah yeah i mean certainly it makes it very easy to track um you know any particular driver where they're charging what they're spending you know and, and we can you either the fleet or we can help the fleet influence where them drivers charge yeah you know we've seen drivers charge at very expensive charge points in public because they like the coffee or something. Yeah, it was convenient because it was just around the corner from home or something like that. Exactly. And they may not have even needed to charge at all. They're just charging because, oh, I've got an EV. Yeah. I've got an, you know, I wouldn't say an excuse, but maybe an excuse for half an hour break. Yeah. And they've just put, you know, very expensive electricity into a vehicle that didn't need charging. Mm -hmm. And we can look at those trends because one of the other things we we do is um, integrate with certain telematics providers. Yeah. They can give a state of charge. So at any every time a vehicle stops to charge, we can say, well, hang on, that had sixty percent battery in it. Yeah. Or through our reports, we can show, you know, they charged when they had when the battery was sixty percent full. They didn't need charge at all. You know, and that can then either influence fleet policy or driver education. Yeah. And I think generally as well, you know, from speaking to drivers that are in EVs, where they're happy with the fact they're getting paid fairly, 
they much prefer the EV to the diesel. I've, I, yeah, I have to say, whenever we've had businesses and when you talk to just people in general, because you'll always find that when you pull up to a charger, everybody's got an opinion on the car that they're driving or that, you know, the way. I've not actually come across yet a person who's gone into an EV that has gone, I need to go back into a diesel. I need to go back into a petrol. This just doesn't work for me. Everybody I've spoken to, again, whether it's when you're pulled up or when you're talking to customers, I've not heard one yet go, this just isn't for me. Everybody learns to adapt it's just taking that initial step and getting over those obstacles before they go into their vehicles um and i think that's the key thing and we you touched on this at the very beginning it's very much you need the driver's buy-in irrelevant of what kind of electric vehicle it is be a car van or a truck you need their absolute buy-in from it otherwise it just doesn't work and you guys are offering various solutions that will help get that buy-in you know not just a case of make a model of the electric vehicle but actually in the real world when I'm driving this day in day out what do I need to be able to do my job and what do I need my vehicle and you know everything around me to be kind of how does that work Um, and you guys have got those solutions there that can give those reassurances really and from a business point of view make things as efficient as possible where you haven't got a finance team spending more time trying to do the calculations but in essence actually that's all being done for them now yep exactly exactly you know and our kind of whole philosophy as a business is how do we make charging simple for business and also that means whether it's the finance team or the driver doing as little as possible or zero you know the, the whole model the whole concept of, of what we're trying to create here is People don't have to do anything. It just works. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. Okay, so really appreciate your time today. Um, I have absolutely no doubt that there's going to be lots of people that kind of come forward, um, forward with lots of questions. So as part of this podcast, when we send it out live to everybody, um, no doubt there'll be lots of questions. So we'll pick up on that and potentially look to arrange a, a follow-up podcast down the line where we kind of do a bit of a Q&A of some of the feedback and questions that we've had. And maybe hopefully, you, you know, well, no doubt you'll be able to answer those questions. But again, it's, it's all about kind of educating and supporting where possible and it certainly sounds like you guys have got the fantastic solutions from home charging and public charging so uh, really looking forward to working on some further projects with you so thank you for joining us today Ash 